This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host, our dad, Ryan Scott. Hello, hello, Big Ed Idea Podcast listeners. Yes, I'm back. And yes, I took about a month off. I'll tell you what, um, life was really busy trying to do a book, do a podcast, um, wind down school and all of that other jazz. And so I just decided, you know what, let's take a month off and let's refocus. And um, I knew, though, that when I did come back, I needed to find an edge of rock star. Um, And I definitely found that Um, if you don't know who Darren Peppert is, you need to. Um, I was introduced to Mr. Darren back in COVID days. He's one of my COVID buddies and I'm super excited to get Darren on the big ed idea podcast this evening. And so Darren, once again, thank you for being on the big ed idea podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, you know, yeah, we, we go back to the COVID days, you know, there's, there's going to come this point in time, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years from now, when, when people are going to say that, you know, like hanging around, sitting together at a bar. And I'd like to say it's like a year away, but, but it could be, you know, 10 or 15 years from now. And people are like, yeah, me and Ryan, man, we go back to the COVID days, but you're (laughs) right. We do. So, so, so thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, definitely. So, Okay, so uh, Darren. Darren is from the big state of Nebraska. Um, he is a dad. He is a husband. Um, I'll tell you, the first time I met Darren, he was doing these little, um, I guess, live videos. I think it was on the Men, Men and Ed Facebook group. And I yeah. loved it because he had this idea, Road to Awesome. Um, and I have got a quote in my office and has always been in my classroom, you were made to be awesome. And so when I heard Darren's stuff come out, I was like, I need to tag onto this guy. Um, So Darren, if you don't mind, tell the folks that are listening just a little bit about who you are, what you're into, um, both in the education space and outside of it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, 26 years in public ed, and, uh, you know, started as a teacher. Um, I'm a Wyoming kid through and through. I do live in Nebraska. I'm not from Nebraska. I'm a Wyoming kid, uh, 100%. Um, certainly people can't see the video, but you can, you know, I got, I got my Wyoming license plate right over my shoulder with my last name on it. And, um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, when I graduated from the university of Wyoming, um, not a lot of teaching jobs, uh, in my home state. So I went to Arizona. Um, I guess I, you know, chase a little bit of, you know, a little bit better weather and, yeah. uh, yeah, um, sure. spent 11 years as a classroom teacher, you know, middle school and then high school. I like to say I served five years of middle school before uh, before moving on to the high school, um, came back to my home state. I was an assistant principal, two different roles, same building, and then became a high school principal and then uh, became a superintendent after that uh, was a superintendent for four years in Colorado. Um, so during the, the COVID experience, I was a superintendent. And as we started to make our way out of this, um, I found this incredible need across our country, um, and, and it's not just in the United States, but, but I think this is the area where I have the ability to make the greatest impact around leadership, and leadership is, is my passion, leadership and school culture, and because we are seeing this incredible turnover of leadership, yeah, superintendent sure. level, sure. principal level, AP, I mean, and on and on and on. My wife and I decided, hey, this is our opportunity. This is our, our time to, to make that leap from inside the education space to still in the education space, but now as a leadership coach, as a motivational speaker, uh, run Road to Awesome Publishing as well. And uh, 
Yeah. Uh, Road to Awesome. It, it's interesting. You know, you bring that up, uh, you know, the videos you're talking about are my pep talks. Um, Road to Awesome was this really odd, organic happening that, uh, I don't know, six or seven years ago, um, I was presenting at the Jassen's Renaissance National Conference. Yeah. I, I presented Great at program. Jassen's Renaissance since 2007. Um, in 2019, I was inducted into their Hall of Fame. I mean, I, I've been around Jassen's Renaissance forever. And I had this teacher who was on my staff who just had this personality. And, and it was his first year on my staff. He'd been elsewhere, kind of was one of those people that when we brought him in, he just, he needed to come in out of the cold and, 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 and be hugged and, 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 you know, got to get warm and fell back in love with teaching. And his name is Bradley W. Skinner. A lot of people know Bradley, but, but Bradley was, was a teacher with me. And I just asked him out of nowhere one day, I'm like, Hey man, I'm presenting at this conference. Why don't you present with me? And he's like, um, okay, yeah. well, Why you long story me? short, we, we, we create this presentation where, you know, we go and we're getting ready to do this presentation and it like spawned this hashtag road to awesome. And I don't know if I said it first, if he said it first, I have no clue, but that's really where the road to awesome was born. Uh, I mean, there's this big story behind it in addition to that around school culture, but um, that's, I mean, that's, that's me in a nutshell, man. I, I'm super passionate about leadership. I'm super passionate about culture. I'll, I'll tell you on the personal side, I mean, people can't say actually you can't either because because the camera's not facing the window enough, but I love getting outdoors in my Jeep. I mean, it's, you know, if, if I can be on a trail somewhere in my Jeep, that's going to make me really, really happy. So, uh, and my wife's always right there with me. Um, got our dogs with us. Our daughter doesn't like the Jeep as much, but, uh, but that's, that's who I am, man. That's, that's what the listeners need to know. I think that's awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I remember watching those videos and, and if I remember correctly, like you were literally on the road when you were recording them, right? Yeah. In the Jeep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's Bought cool. a dashboard cam just for it. That's cool. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So Darren, uh, we, we were talking earlier about, you know, this idea about connections before content and, and something I really try to model for our listeners. is just that, that idea that you need to connect first um, with, you know, your students before you start the content. And so um, we know a little bit more about you, but I've got a couple more questions that we're going to go a little bit deeper into who Darren is. Um, and so this first segment is what's up at the Scott house. And so I've got three words that describe what's going on at the Scott house. And then I'm going to turn it over to you so we can find out what's going on at the peppered house. Sounds good. Gotcha. All right. Absolutely. Let's do it. So my three words, my three words are hike, brew, and purgatory. Um, So hang with me here. Um, Hiking. So um, if anybody out there follows me on social media, you'll see that this past weekend, my 10-year-old and I went um, to Southern Illinois. We spent a day, two days out in the backcountry hiking and camping, and it was my first experience with her. Um, you know, having four children, one thing I've, I've discovered recently is you really need to make intentional time with each of them. And so this is kind of our, our stick, uh, Stella and I, she likes to, to hike and camp. And so that's what we're going to do. Um, my next word is brew. My wife and I had the pleasure opportunity of going to the Evansville zoo yesterday for their zoo at the brew or well, it's called brew at the zoo. Um, so you get to walk around, look at the animals and then sample, um, homebrew from various people around the town, which was a lot of fun. And we went with some friends of ours. Um, and then my last word is purgatory. Um, and this is why I say that. So my understanding is that purgatory is that place in between two worlds. Um, and so I say that because my contract with my former district has ended but my contract for the next district, technically I haven't signed and it hasn't started yet. So like I'm in this weird place for the next three weeks where I think I'm employed. You're unemployed. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm employed. They've told me I'm employed. I really hope I'm employed, but uh, yeah, that's, that's why it's purgatory. So um, that's my three words. Uh, Darren, what's nice. going on at the par- peppered house? 
So uh, uh, my my three words. I'll, I'll start with rain. Um, we Uh-oh. we had a massive downpour here in Omaha about two hours ago, oh, and uh, it, it was pretty crazy. Um, I mean, that's something I'm learning and adjusting to living in the Midwest. Is you know, we Never get these know. just wild thunderstorms, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, when I, when I lived in Arizona, we dealt with, you know, the monsoons. And so, you know, you'd have this like 20 minutes of just downpour, but then the ground is well, like concrete. So it just rolls off somewhere yeah. and, you know, into a ravine and then you never see it again. Um, but here, yeah, you just get these crazy things. So, so we had a, we had a really, really good, um, downpour here and a part of it of course this particular one was you know some some pretty intense you know thunder and lightning and we have we have two dogs two dachshunds and the older of the two is a rescue boy and he struggles when it comes to to thunder and lightning so you know we we close all the curtains we you know we we turn on the you know he's a real portable speakers oh he is a weenie yeah i know for (laughs) sure yeah i see what you did there yeah yeah and uh and yeah, so so we have to you know kind of crank up some crank up some tunes and that kind of stuff. So you know he's not here and here in the storm. So rain would be number one. Um, I will tell you number two is cribbage. Um, by far and away, cribbage. By far and away, uh, my wife and I love to just sit and play cribbage. Okay. Um, you know, one of our favorite card games. Um, our daughter has has really picked up on the game. Our daughter, by the way, is is twenty two. Okay. So uh, we 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 play a lot of cribbage. So today during the rainstorm, we we sat at the table with uh, with some Frank Sinatra cranked up, and we played Excellent. played a lot of cribbage. That's cool. That's cool. there you go. There you go. And then and then the third word I'll I'll give you is binge. And by binge, I mean we are binge watching another series. So one of the best things I think that ever happened to us as, as human beings, when it comes to the television is being able to just binge watch, oh, series, yeah. for, you know, for real. I yeah. mean, it's awesome. And, and so we're actually, so right now we're watching 30 rock, which is a, yeah. a series. My yeah. wife and I have watched before. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. And, and my daughter's never seen it before, but she's a massive Saturday night live fan. Of course, so are we. And so, going back and binge watching um 30 rock has been uh has been a lot of fun we're, we we just started a few days ago we just concluded season one so uh yeah so there you go those are my three words man that's cool man i love it okay and then so my next section is called the two for two um and that's just where i've got two getting to know you questions and then you'll flip that back at me and so my first question i'm gonna go deep from the start what has been the okay. hardest part of the last week for you? Hmm. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, man. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting on an airplane tomorrow morning and, uh, I'm, I'm speaking at a conference. I'm actually this, this month is a, is a really, really busy month for me going to conference, 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 conference. And, uh, um, we were actually talking tonight while we were playing cribbage that in the next 13 days, I will see my family all of about six hours. Oh, and, uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of crazy. Yeah. Life of the road warrior, but, uh, road to um, awesome. I think there you go. Road to awesome. Um, I think, I think the toughest part of this last week has been trying to just get all of my regular content completed for, for the next three weeks. So, so when I do have those, those, you know, moments where I'm home, you know, you spend it have an evening here, yeah. you know, repack the suitcase. I can spend it with the family and not worry about, you know, getting the blog post done, getting, you know, getting the podcast cranked out, that kind of stuff. So, you know, cranking out three blog posts and three episodes of the podcast um, in this last week or so, it's just, it's been pretty consuming. So, you know, and, and at the same time, I still want to spend that time with the family while I'm here. So, uh, I think I think just managing my time maybe would be I the totally, best way to say that. Totally, totally, totally get that. I, you know, um, when COVID started, I went crazy because I don't sit still very well. And and while that was good because it really threw some imagination my way and really got me thinking critically and creatively and all this stuff. When when COVID kind of slowed down, I was still moving, trying to do four or five things at once. Yeah. You know. And so I had to be very intentional this last month, like stop, just, just take the month off, spend it with your kids, spend it with your wife. Um, 
because that's what that's what it's about at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, my second question for you, Darren. Um, what is your favorite snack at the movies? <laughs> that's awesome because my second question is almost exactly that same ah, question. Cool. Um, no, no, it, it's a little bit different. So, okay, so we'll okay. be okay. We're good. Um, favorite snack at the movie theaters, man. I'll tell you what. Um, I, oh man, I'm, I'm kind of torn between three. If I have to say one, one favorite. Um, honestly, three. it's Whoppers. I just, I just oh. love Whoppers. Okay. Um, love, I love Swedish fish, but yeah. uh, I, w- I would say it's, it's, it's Whoppers by, by a landslide. That's, that is my favorite. I haven't actually been to a movie theater in, wow, I can't I even tell either. you the last time I was at a movie theater. I, I, it's been a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you um, my like million dollar idea. So if anybody out there is listening, um, my million dollar idea is to offer fried fried okra at the movies. Like I would Mm. give me a whole bag of fried okra and I would be super, super happy. Pretty outstanding right there. Yes, it would. I like that. I like that. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. So, and, and I will tell you, I just, I just came up with a new question. Number three, so we can, we can go to a different place other than a snack. So we'll okay. be okay. okay. It'll be good. Yeah. It'll be good. good to me. Yeah. Okay. Right. My friend. Okay. So, so, what... so my, yeah, 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 go ahead. Okay. Okay. So my two questions, uh, I'll start with question number one. So Ryan, uh, favorite travel destination. I mean, like one place that if, if I could go here and it's the only place I could go on vacation or, or whatever, where would it be? So I think it's going to be Sweden. Um, I went to Sweden when I was 18 and then I, then I went the following summer when I was 19, uh, spent three weeks, one summer, and then spent three weeks the next summer. Um, and just absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. So if I could go anywhere, anytime, it would be Sweden. That's pretty outstanding. That's yeah. actually better than what my answer would be. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, maybe, maybe. I, I would tell you my, my answer is Orlando, Florida. I am, and, and not just to go to Disney parks. I, I'll be honest with you. I love the Disney parks. But the downtown Disney, well, it's called Disney Springs now, which I'll never call it that because I've been there so many times. To me, it's always going to be downtown Disney. And my, my favorite restaurant bar in the world is Raglan Road, which is in downtown Disney. Um, I, I could sit there and, and just sip Irish whiskey and watch the clog dancers and listen to, you know, listen to some Irish music and be a really, really happy guy for a very, very long time. Absolutely. That sounds great. Yeah, it's pretty outstanding. A lot of fun. Yeah, it is pretty outstanding. I get to be there in uh, in July again too, so I'll be happy. I'll be happy about that. Okay, so here we go. Question number two. My revised question number two. We were just talking about movies, so Star Wars or Star Trek? (laughs) Star Wars. No questions. No way. Yeah, slam dunk. Slam dunk. Like I actually, the way my mind works is kind of scary sometimes but i was in walmart the other day um and that actually that same question popped in my mind and i was like who like there's two types of people there's star wars people and star trek people and i hope i don't offend anybody out there but um star trek people sometimes are a little weird Sorry. I'm sure there are people who would tell you that about Star Wars, but but I'm I'm on the same bandwagon as you. It is Star Wars a million times over, uh, to the point where so you know I told you I'm getting on an airplane tomorrow. I have been not watching Obi Wan Kenobi on oh, Disney yeah. Plus on yeah. purpose. I have the first three episodes downloaded on my phone so I can watch them on the airplane tomorrow. So oh, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. I started yeah. watching that with the kids the other night. Um, but they don't get into it as much as I do. So it was one of those things where they were talking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I asked my daughter and she's like, yeah, I have no interest in that. I'm like, yes, airplane time. Here we go. Heck yeah, man. All right, right. Darren, are you ready to, to get into some of this meat of the, uh, yeah, 
Heck yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Let's do it, man. Okay. So um, first thing we always like to, to talk about is kind of where or, or how education found Darren. Um, anybody yeah. out there that's listening knows my story. Um, I didn't graduate college till I was 27. I kind of wandered between everything and uh, kind of stumbled onto this thing called education. So I'm always intrigued to ask people how education found them. Um, so Darren, if you don't mind, talk to our listeners about how education found Darren. Yeah, you know, this, this, this is kind of funny because I was listening to your episode with Andrew Murata and his story and mine are very, very similar. Um, so like you, you know, I, I went off to college and um, I, <laughs> I chose my first, um, I guess, uh, you know, major in college, probably in, in one, of the, one of the most bizarre ways that you would imagine <laughs> as so as, as a high school, uh, as a high school student, um, I would, I was a tennis player. I was a really, really good tennis player. I was a basketball athlete, meaning I was on the team, but sure. honestly, I spent more time in the trainer's room than I did on the floor because I was injured constantly in basketball for whatever reason. I mean, I had, I had multiple ankle injuries, had knee injury and quad injury. And anyway, I spent a lot of time with the trainer and, um, th this will, this will date me, but that's okay. Um, I'm a, I think I was a sophomore in high school and Thanksgiving practice were, I'm in the training room, you know, doing, doing some rehab on whatever injury I was dealing with. And the Flutie miracle happens. It's, it's November 23rd, 1984. Doug Flutie throws this yeah. miracle pass yeah, to Gerard Phelan yeah. be, beats, beats Miami and, you know, uh, and the rest in the is orange history. bowl. Exactly. And so I'm watching this in the trainer's room. Fast forward a couple of years. I got to decide when I'm majoring in a college and I flash back to that moment. I'm like, I want to be a high school trainer. Are you kidding me? I mean, trainer John gets to hang out with kids. It's he, right. you know, he goes to all the games and my God, he has a TV in his office. This is great. <laughs> so I decide, I decide I'm going to be a physical therapy major that lasted six months. Um, like you, it took me, it, it took me a while to get through college. I dropped out two different times. Yeah. And, um, my second time I went back, I was a business major and which I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I did that for about, I don't know, three months, but a friend of mine, um, you know, that, that I was hanging out with in college is like, Hey buddy, somebody asked me to help coach this basketball team. Would, I don't know what I'm doing. Would, would you help me with this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know? So I go to practice the next day and, and two things, two things ended up being true that day. Number one, he was right. Right. And this know. dude had no idea <laughs> about basketball. He was a wrestler. I mean, he had no clue. Yeah. Um, and, and number two, I was hooked. Yeah. I was hooked. And it wasn't, it wasn't that I was hooked on coaching basketball. I mean, I was, and I, I did end up being a, you know, a high school um, head basketball coach oh, at, a, okay, at a really, cool. really high level, you know, in Arizona, but this was fifth grade girls basketball. So we're not talking like a lot of high right. X's and O's here. Right. You know, I mean, this was, if we all got the basketballs back in at the end of practice, we did pretty damn good that day. And, but I was hooked and I went, saw my advisor and I'm like, kept changing my major. And because of all the physical therapy stuff, um, again, like Andrew, I had a lot of science background. So it's like, okay, secondary science, that's where I'm going to go. I ended up double majoring in biology and chemistry taught anatomy and physiology, AP bio, I mean, all, all kinds of stuff, but, but it was, it was education um, through being called to be a coach that got me to where, uh, to where I made my pathway into education. And so, yeah. And, and, and again, you're not, you're not the lone ranger on this one, man. I think I was 24 when I graduated from yeah. college. And, and, you know, uh, Darren, that's why I love asking this question to people um, because people like you and me, like we can point to this one moment where mm -hmm. if that, if that one thing hadn't happened, the, like, I don't, I don't know if I would be in the same space that I'm at now. You know, if they, if your Agreed. friend, if your friend had not came up to you and said, Hey, I don't know anything about basketball. Can you help me out? If he had never came up to you and asked you that there's, there's no telling where you would be these this day, you know? I know. Yeah, it's great. 
Total God wink. Total God wink. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, so now that we know um, who Darren is, we know how Darren found education, um, or or rather, let me say that how education found Darren. Um, there you go. Let's start talking about what you see as one of the problems in education. Um, you know, I think we yeah. both would agree. You know, there's a lot wrong in education, but there's a lot right also. Um, but what's yep. that one thing in education that your idea deals with? Yeah. So I don't know, as, as, as I thought about this conversation, you know, over the last week or so, uh, there, there were a few different places that, that I felt like I could go, but, um, you know, I'm going to tell you now having stepped out into the space and, and going into so many schools around the country and, you know, continuing to do that as, as we go into this next school year and, and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm seeing and I'm hearing this, this consistent struggle that a lot of our teachers are having, a lot of our schools are having, specifically with our high school age students. And that's just this extreme disconnect This like high school kids have not across the board, but, but in a lot of ways, they've kind of like, wait a minute, you know, I got to do this from home for a while. I, I don't need to learn this, this, or this, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I need, I need some, I need some relevance here. I need yeah. to know why this is important. I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll do it just really, really quick bird walk here. But, um, and, and I, I won't tell you where I was, but I was at a school in the fall and I'm walking around with the principal we're having a conversation. It's a high school. And we ended up in one of those, like, um, impromptu staff meetings, you, you know, the type I'm talking about, you know, like five teachers just end up in the hallway at the end of the day. And they're, you know, just decompressing the day. And as we walked through, one of them just stopped me and they're like, Darren, my kids won't turn in anything right now. Yeah. Even my best kids aren't turning in their yeah. work. We're seeing that and too. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, you know, talk to me about what you're doing with this work, you know, and, and what, what are you doing to incentivize them turning in this work? And, and she's like, incentivizing, right? right? No, what do you, you know what? I mean, if they're not going to turn in their work, yeah. you know, then, then we're going to, we're going to give them zeros. And, and here's, here's the, the, the piece that's tough about this, this particular school, like so many had done such incredible work prior to the pandemic around standards-based grading that they were moving away from, and they totally understood the power of zero. And here they are, they're right back to it. Yeah. You know, oh, well, you're gonna misbehave. Well, we're gonna hit you with your grades. Dude, kids don't care about that anymore. I mean, they just they just don't, not like they used to it. And so here's, here's where I wanna go with big idea for our conversation. Let's do it. And that is, we are way past time. I mean, way past way time, past time to yeah. throw away the way past time to throw away this factory model of education. It is time to move on from what we do at the high school level with the Carnegie unit, with seat time, with every kid must take algebra one, you know, who cares? I mean, what, what if I was in a school in Iowa this year Kids don't have to take algebra one there. There's, there's a branch in what, what they call their academy model, which is connected to their junior college and their career and technical education courses where kids are taking essentially, you know, problem-based math related to the career field they're interested in. And which I'm, Those kids are actually outscoring kids. Yeah. And, and I know this happens around the country. I, I'm not saying this is a unique idea, um, when I was first an assistant principal and then principal, same school, we were able to really drive hard around the career academy model where, you know, English, social studies, math, science, all of them were incorporated around one of three themed areas, um, uh, health occupations, um, uh, energy and natural resources, because in that area, that was a huge, huge. thing. And then, huge. and then law enforcement, law enforcement, um, uh, fire leadership, you know, and, and having kids have an opportunity to truly see the relevance. Cause, cause here's the things, I mean, to me, the three R's are not reading, writing arithmetic anymore. It's rigor 
its relevance and its relationships. And you can't get to the rigor until obviously you got to have the relationships, but you've also got to have that relevance for kids. You know, when they see, Hey, this really pertains to what I want to do. You know, uh, one of my favorite stories of, of our career academy path when I was uh, when I was in Rock Springs, our very first group of career academy kids, they go out on their first job shadows. We had a young lady, her name's Randy, and I'll never forget. Randy was like, I want to be a pharmacist. She'd want to be a pharmacist. She was like nine years old. I don't know why, but that's what Randy wanted to do. Her first job shadow experience, Ryan, as a junior, Change. she's job shadowing a pharmacist. Yeah. yeah. And I remember Randy coming back in the door and I'm like, Hey, Randy, tell me, how was it? And she's like, I can't do that. That's terrible. Yeah. Without this experience, her parents spent however much, a hundred thousand dollars sending this kid through pharmacy school to find out she has a job she hates, Yes. you know? So I don't know. I mean, here, here's my thing. We have to be able to connect kids with relevant learning experiences. I mean, that, that's the bottom line, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It, it's a big idea. It's not a new idea, but, yeah. but you and I were talking about, you know, the, the work you're getting ready to do with, you know, with the alternative school. I shared, you know, some experiences that, you know, one of my former APs who became an alternative school principal, the stuff he did, man, relationships are king, but let's put relevance kind of right up there in the Royal family, right? No, no, I think, um, you know, one of the, one of the things I kind of geek out about also is cognitive science. And, um, I heard recently, you know, literally your brain will not remember anything unless it benefits you. So like mm-hmm. literally our kids are sitting in classroom and if we cannot, and I've told my teachers this before, if you cannot tell your te- your kids why they should learn this, you probably shouldn't teach it. Right. Like, yeah. like we are in a world now where if you can Google it, there's no reason to memorize it. Um, yeah, but that's such rigor, relevance, (laughs) relationships. Um, I mean, it's common sense. Um, Mm -hmm. but one, one thing I'm, I, I keep hearing people talk about, and I've heard them talk about this now for 22 years, 21st century learning. We've been talking about 21st century learning for 22 yeah, years now. Time to let and, go of that term. And nothing has changed. Um, right. I'd like to tell my people, um, if your high school experience mirrors your students' experience, you're doing something wrong because it's a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. It isn't, you know, you can only say so many times, you know, well, we're preparing kids for, for a world that, you know, doesn't exist yet. And I, I go back, I mean... I'll even just go back to when I was an assistant principal starting this work around the career academies. And and I'll go back to that point in time because, buddy, that was 11 years ago. 11 years ago, we were saying that exact thing. Mm -hmm. Now, just think about where we are right now. You know, you and I met, we've never met in person. You and I met through the wonders of Zoom. That's right. And in many ways, because... COVID drove us to this, you know, I mean, you know, drove us to things like, I I think we met on the teach better mastermind. I'm almost positive. That's where we met for the first time. Yep. You know, I mean, we were driven to those things because of this. And now there are so many people. I mean, it's hard to put a number around it as, as we're living in this, um, in, you know, the, the great resignation and, and all of the, you know, now what we're going to see with, with teacher shortage and leadership shortage and, and all this different stuff, it's because people are creating their own space. Hell, I'm one of them, yeah. but, but, and, and I'm not an influencer, but that's a career 11 years ago when we, when we were talking about this and we were telling our teachers, Hey, you know, we're preparing kids for careers that we don't know about, but he had three or four of my kids that I was the principal for are fairly successful social media influencers yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, we, we've got to realize, and here's the other thing too. I, I, I don't want to lose this and, and I don't want to run away from it real quick. So I'm going to say it and then I'll come back to it. But there are a lot of pockets of excellence that are out there right now. 
There are a lot of places that are doing this really, really well, but unfortunately it's not like this systemic across the board. Yeah. We have changed our system. It's just that we have these little pockets of excellence, but, but anyway, yes, we, we have to put, we as teachers, we as educators, we got to set our ego aside and we, we've got to stop focusing on teaching. We got to focus on learning. Yeah. You know, I mean, when, when we do it really, really, really well, teaching and learning are like this, this seamless streamlined symbiotic relationship. And unfortunately, and, and it's hard to say this, you know, when I'm, when I'm in somebody's school and, and somebody's asking me about, you know, gosh, the kids won't turn in their work. <sighs> What's it about? Is it about teaching or is it about learning? You know, I mean, have we lost the relevance? Are we, are we not at a point where we're meeting kids where they really need to be? And, and I will say this too. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm chasing a hundred different thoughts in my head right now, but sometimes the stuff we teach kids, we teach them because it's hard and it's not because they need to know it because they need to know how to deal with things that are difficult yeah, and difficult. how to problem yeah. solve and those kinds of things. I, I, I get that, but that doesn't mean that it can't still be relevant. Right. I, I just, I think that that is a huge, huge thing right now. And, and we have to start capitalizing on those pockets of excellence. Those, those islands of excellence that are, that are taking place all over the country. They can't just be, you know, these, these little, you know, Oh, they're doing this really good in this state. And Oh, well, you should see what they're doing. Why can't we replicate those things? Yeah. We, we've got to get the legislation out of the way. We've got to take care of the funding and those kinds of things so that, Across the board, we can do that. You know, I mean, you shouldn't get that because of your zip code. You, you no. should get that because, you know, you're a high school kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to speak to kind of what you're saying here in Kentucky, um, and I'm sure it's it's like this a lot of the places, the rural schools, in my opinion, are getting left behind um, because of unequal funding mechanisms, um, because quite possibly um, poverty is just higher in, in rural settings. It, and, and from the work mm -hmm. that I'm doing for my book, it's always been higher uh, for the last hundred years. It, mm -hmm. We've always had higher poverty in rural America. Um, and so it, it, it goes without saying that the schools then in rural America um, have some have some issues that they're dealing with. Um, I'll tell you, one of my mm -hmm. big ideas is that your high school is driven by the economy that surrounds it. Um, and, and, and so like, like, like my, the high school I'm coming from, uh, for the last 200 years, it was the highest coal producing County in the state of Kentucky. Then all of that just, it's gone. So now there is nothing in that, in that, um, County, but why can't the high school partner with the local government to retrain its future workers and to build an economy and you get the chance to build the workers the way you want them. And I think that's what you're saying. Um, you know, in, in my County um, it's the CTE, which is huge. So why aren't we allowing kids to get their math credit while they're becoming HVAC certified? Why don't we let them earn their English credits uh, while they're becoming, you know, mechanics you can integrate all of those standards mm -hmm. you can find a way to do oh, 100%. you just got to be creative with your state course codes yeah well yes and, and that's a big part of it i appreciate that you said that too i mean being able to course code for for kids to be able to earn credit for doing those things is is huge number one you gotta you gotta blow up the carnegie model and quit worrying about you know you know the the kid had a pulse for 70 <laughs> hours and therefore yeah, right right you know therefore you know is, is good at u.s history i mean please you know nobody's good that, at u.s history <laughs> oh that's true <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i i won't even chase that one yeah, i want yeah, to but i'm not yeah, going to but, i know but no but no, I, I think, I mean, you're, you're totally spot on, but, but that's, that's a piece of it is, is, is blowing up what the heck a credit, a credit really means. Yeah. You know, it's right now it's, you know, yeah, I seat sat time. in your chair. Exactly. Yeah. It's seat time. And it, who cares? I mean, if the kid shows up and they know all the material, why make them sit there for 70 hours? I mean, it's just dumb. You know, the, the other part of it too, though, 
goes back to exactly what you just said in an indirect way. You said we need to be solving issues for the economy of our, of our local areas. When we did our career academies in Rock Springs, it was, hey, here are the three driving things in our community. Let's focus on those. Yeah. When I was a superintendent, very rural district, 425 kids, um, a, a county of 15,000 people, two school districts, we partnered together. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay, so the West doesn't like the East. Who cares? Who cares? Neither of us are named Hatfield yeah. or McCoy. How about we work together so yeah. that we you know, we can get kids the opportunity to, you know, to, to work over in Winter Park Resort, even though they're on the west side of the county or a kid on the east side of the county who wants to be involved in, you know, in construction can be over on this, this part of the county or whatever. But that was the original intent of, of education. That's why the factory model exists. That's exactly right. So the now it's problem time. is we won't let go of the damn model. No. Let it go. Yeah. You know, come on, Elsa. Let it go. That's right. It's time, you know, be willing to say, okay, hey, you know, we do what we do to solve, you know, the future economy issues for our community. Buddy, our schools are the number one things that can make a difference in the economies of our communities. We just have to be willing to do it. We, we need principals and superintendents and curriculum directors sitting down constantly and consistently with you know, the, the different economic drivers in the That's community, exactly whether it's right. the chamber of commerce yep. or it's, it's local government, or it's your, you know, your 10 top economic driving, you know, organizations, what do you need? Yep. How are you going to get there? How can we help develop the talent that you need? Cause and, you know, this as well as I do and go ahead. No, you go ahead. And I was going to say, and how can you partner with us to give us the equipment to train our students so that when they walk out our mm -hmm. doors or hell, how about while they are still in high school, being able to come and work for there you, you half like right. the, the district I'm going to, which is, I love this idea. They have this program called the ramp program at my school where my students can go to school half of the day. And then they go to a, a local factory and work for half of the day. Um, so it's kind of give them, give them one foot, outside you know one foot into adulthood um i'd substantially like to expand that but mm -hmm. why can't we do that why can't we partner with the local economic development agencies and uh do what's right for our communities not what's right for pearson and what's right for um <laughs> there you go <laughs> sorry anybody mm, outside mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 well yeah, but but that's that's the, that's one of the biggest challenges I think we face. Or or there are those those special interest groups that have their hands deep in education, and they and they have to you know whether it's you know a testing company or whatever the case may be. Okay, a testing company, but but um, the reality is as as educators, we just have to stop asking for permission and just start doing stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I've said the, the phrase a few times, you know, the island of excellence or, or pockets of excellence, and not because I have this like incredibly creative mind and, ooh, I think that's a great term for it. The, the three academies we created in Rock Springs, we had the U.S. Department of Education come. They visited us. We didn't ask them to come. They called us. They came to us and they labeled us an island of excellence. Excellence, right. We, and I don't say that to pat ourselves on the back. We did some damn good work. I had some great, great, great people leading that. You know, I was just the guy who kicked the barriers out of the way and, and you know, communicated with the community college and that kind of stuff and said, hey, let's do this, let's do this, and never said no. The point is, there are these islands of excellence everywhere. You're talking about this ramp program. You know, we did some, some things where I was a superintendent. We just have to make these more the norm. We, you know, we, we've got to stop you know, being worried about what a test score says, you know, we, we create human beings, dude, that's our job. Well, we don't create them, but we grow human beings. That's exactly you know, right. I mean, everything else, they, you know, there's a widget at the end of the day, whatever the hell a widget is. Um, and by the way, I don't think I've ever seen a widget. It's just this really cool <laughs> term for everything that everybody else does. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the truth is this, you know, at, at the beginning of your school year, you get all these, human beings in your classroom or in your school and over a nine month period, 
The goal is to just make them a little bit better human being. That, that's what we do. And the, you know, the tests that we use and, and the measurements for, you know, schools being accountable, they don't measure what we're trying to accomplish. And, and I'm not forgiving or excusing, you know, whatever test scores may be out there. Yes, kids need to know how to read and write. But when you test them on something they don't give a damn about, you don't know whether or not they can read or write. That's exactly I mean, right. that's the truth. And you should never have to bribe them or, or try to buy their efforts. It should be organic and it should be real. It should be honest. And when you put them in a place where it's truly relevant and you can see, I mean, I had kids who scrubbed into surgery at the hospital. I mean, I had the very first job shadow day. We had a kid who ended up on an ambulance up on top of the, on, up on top of the mountain because she was on a search and rescue mission with the group. That's so no, cool. she's not going to hustle back for math. Right. Who cares? Right. Don't ask her to have a, a hall pass to go to the bathroom. She's out scrubbing into surgery for goodness sakes. Yeah. Let's, let's make this the norm. That to me, that's the big idea. Put kids in things that they care about, that they're interested in. And that at the end of the day, they can say, Hey, Mr. Scott, I want to go into this career or Mr. Scott, that sucks. I don't want to do that career. Either way, right? It's incredible experience and kids have the opportunity to know where they are headed. And that makes them better human beings, which is nope. to me, that's the job we're supposed to do. So you and I are a perfect example of what. So if in high school, I had been given the opportunity to job shadow all of these different areas. I guarantee I could have cut out at least $20,000 in student loan debt. Um, <laughs> now, I might not have cut out everything because I was still an idiot in my 20s, but I could have at least went and job shadowed somebody that was in the marine biology field, and I could have, could have seen um, mm -hmm. what took me going to college to see that most of a marine biologist is spent in the lab, not out swimming with fish and sharks. Like I thought it was. Um, if I yeah, had known that right. in high school, if I had known that in high school. So yes, let's prepare our kids for life, not for tests. Amen. Perfect. Okay. And so I'm going to end on that because that is just too sweet. Um, a great wrap up for a great conversation. Um, I'll tell you what, Darren, um, I am just, I'm giddy about being able to start this new position. Um, I've been very adamant that my job is to provide opportunities for my kids and, and give them opportunities to, I, I want a job shadow. I want them to, um, be able to co-op. Um, I want them to be able to work part-time while they're going to school, um, but I love those ideas that you got. I'm going to have to look up this career Academy model. Um, you said yeah. it was rock Springs, Arizona yeah, rock Springs high school. Yeah. Okay. And Wyoming rock Springs. Oh, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's not unique there. I mean, we honestly, we went to, um, uh, Bakersfield high school, yeah. um, Bakersfield East high school, the very first health career occupations academy in the united states 1986 they're right next door to a hospital yeah perfect you know um and and what's what's interesting about stuff like that is you know kids get in get into the hospital right it's you don't have to be a doctor or a nurse there they have it oh, they yeah. have business um, they have yeah. i mean billing and coding i mean just on and on and on so um, yeah, there's, there's tons of those models out there too. And, and the other thing I would tell you too, to think about that we didn't hit, but think about your teachers getting the opportunity to go and learn too, through some externship types of things too. Sure. It's a great opportunity for them to learn what's really happening in the world as opposed to what's just happening in the classroom. Well, that's a good idea. Okay. My friend. So, um, I always like to end cause I'm sure, you know, we, you have, you have talked quite a bit about some very relevant stuff um, in, in our schools. And, and I know there's some people out there that would love to connect with you that would love to ask you a couple questions, maybe, maybe that to see where you're going to be speaking near them. Um, and so Darren, how can folks get a hold of you? Yeah. So, um, 
first and foremost would be to go to our website, which is roadtoawesome.net. And man, from, from roadtoawesome.net, you, you know, you hit one of the um, contact us forms and we'll definitely get in touch with you. Uh, social media on everything on social media. I am Darren M. Peppered. I've made it really easy. <laughs> I am the same guy across the board. Oh, you're the same guy, uh, whether it's. That's right. Whether it's uh, Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, I think I hit them all. That's oh, Voxer. I guess I'm there too. Um, but uh, yeah, Darren M. Peppered on all the socials. Um, and then yeah, roadawesome.net's the website. What about on MySpace? Um, I do not have a MySpace anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that is the one thing I think. Actually, I don't think I ever had space. I, I cannot claim that I had one of those. Okay. I did. That was actually the first message I sent my wife. Um, so yeah. Okay. And so, she's still with you and that's impressive. That is yeah. impressive that she's still with me. That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, um, Darren, it has been a pleasure to pick your brain tonight and to talk to you. Um, I love, I love it when I meet kindred spirits that I feel like we have a lot in common. Um, we have a lot of the same ideas, kind of the same background. Um, so it's very cool to talk to somebody like that. And, and, and I appreciate you and I appreciate what you're doing for the world of ed and for our, for our students. Um, if you're ever in my neck of the woods, look me up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate the conversation and I, I'll be honest with you, you know, usually when I'm on a podcast, I'm, I'm talking about leadership or I'm talking about culture and climate because that's what I do. That's what sure. I coach. That's what I speak about. But um, yeah, the, the rigor, relevance and relationships is something that's really, really close to my heart. And I appreciate getting a chance to talk about that. And I'm sure the passion I have for that kind of kind of came out in that. So so thanks for uh, thanks for giving me the space for that tonight. You're welcome, buddy. To my big Ed Idea listeners, thank you once again for joining me on the Big Ed Idea podcast. I'll tell you, it is awesome to be back. I've got some really big uh, folks coming up in the next couple of weeks. And so you will definitely have to stick around. Um, as always, I know you have a big ed idea out there that you are just yearning to talk to. So if you have one of those ideas that you would love to come on the show and talk about, um, please hit me up. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter at Ryan C. Scott, 1981. You can find me on Facebook. Um, let's see, Instagram. I'm Ryan Scott, 1981. Um, or you can check out my website, and that's ryanscotted.com. And so, like I love to say, my big grandpa Janoski used to always say every time he would leave us, um, he would say, Ryan, until next time, I will see you in the funny paper. hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.